0: Hey y'all, welcome to Beyond Consulting. I'm your host, Stephen, and we are brought to you by ECA Partners, a retained executive search firm that specializes in full-time executive placement, as well as project and freelance roles. Today we have the pleasure of speaking with Gaurav Malhotra. Gaurav, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you, Stephen. Uh, I'm so glad to be here. This For some reason, this is my first podcast and I'm really excited over the years. I've always known about podcasts as a channel of communication, but for one reason or the other, I never got onto it. So I'm glad I'm here today.
0: Well, good. Well, I'm glad that we could be the first here. And I was curious about that. I know that you have spent quite a bit of time in the marketing world and know that this might be a lever that you pull, but I'm glad that we could jump in here. What do you say we just start off with what you're up to these days? Do you mind telling us a little bit about your role and
1: your company? Yeah, actually, that's an interesting question. My last role, like formal role in the corporate America, that ended in May of this year. I decided to take the leap into figuring out the rest of my life and what I want to do. And one side of my brain tells me, let's go do some business. Let's start something new, completely look into new sectors, because all of my life I've been in technology marketing. And of course I've picked skills and experiences, which could be potentially used in other industries. And so that's what I'm doing now. I've given myself six months. I'm evaluating a startup. I'm evaluating some other businesses. So let's see where we, where we end up. I should know in a few months. Good, well, that
0: certainly is exciting. Let's start there actually. I wanna hear about what motivated that. I mean, that's quite a risky move. How did you go about that calculation?
1: Well, you're right. It is a risky move, and especially, now I'm going to age myself, but after having worked about 22 odd years in the industry and nearing 50, most people don't tend to do that. But for some reason, I had this nagging thought that I'm done with making other people rich. So i'm like okay let's try and do something for myself i've been always on the side of helping people set up their businesses helping them you know expand or grow businesses whether it's in corporate america or with my friends and family and stuff so i thought why not give it a try and a lot of people have been telling me you've got the skills you've got the attitude why not give it a shot if you don't do it now it's only going to get tougher So I don't know, one day I just decided if I continue to do the job, I will never be able to do the business because there's just not enough time. So I'm hopeful that in the next few months I'm able to build something or at least make a decision to go down a path. And if not, if what comes out of it after all the evaluation is that, no, this is not the time for business, then I'll go back to corporate America and make someone more rich. are you looking to develop a product or
0: a consulting service what are you thinking about
1: yeah it's a service i'm looking at building a startup it's actually a platform for non-conventional medicine so what we know as western medicine is great it's perfect it's all over the world but there's a whole world of non-conventional or non-western medicine based healing, which has a whole range of sort of uh, right from your grandmother's recipes to healing your knee pain all the way to established uh, things like Ayurveda or homeopathic or or Udani medicine and so on and so forth. There's this whole range and there is no consolidated place that gives you both, uh, you know, the knowledge, the service provider, the ability to buy the products and get some education. So I'm trying to bring all of that together. Let's see
0: good that is exciting so sort of a one-stop shop and get advice from experts information since as you mentioned i think uh, many of us don't have insights into those alternate forms of healing and then the products are right there for you as well, well that's good i want to learn more about where you're up to these days and how that's going but also want to make sure we understand how you got here do you mind if we rewind back to the beginning maybe around the, the college days and hear about the the consulting work
1: Yeah, so I stumbled into consulting and the journey starts with me being a civil engineer. And then I had pity on humanity and I stopped making buildings because I do not trust any building that I would make. And then, you know, when, as I say, if if you can't do something, you can land into marketing. So I landed into marketing and I got a, you know, I worked for a couple of years, then I got an MBA and then worked for another couple of years. Uh, This is all back in India. And then I decided, hey, I love student loans, so let's go to America. So I came here, uh, went to Northwestern in Chicago. I went to the middle school and got a master's in IMC. And this is a shameless plug. That is the world's best marketing program. If anyone wants to learn marketing, go to middle school at Northwestern, the IMC program. There's nothing better than that. Okay, so once I graduated that, unfortunately, you know, this was just a couple of years after 9-11. So the markets were still not very hot. You know, they're still recovering and there weren't very many jobs. And marketing jobs are not traditionally where corporations tend to bring in talent from outside of America. Most of the talent that we tend to get is either in medicine or in technology, as we all know. So it was a little tough getting into the kind of companies I really wanted to, which was like, you know, at agencies the likes of BBDOs and and J. Walter Thompsons and or Ogilvy it was stuff, and the jobs I would be considered for there were mostly you know around analytics and that's not what I wanted to do so I got a contract in Deloitte and I started talking to them and they invited me for an interview. I'd heard about consulting interviews. I'd done one with another company in Chicago, but everything just fell together, and they made me an offer, and I was ecstatic, and it was a great offer, and it was in, at that time, it was called the customer and market strategy groups, the CMS group, which essentially did all the marketing strategy work for clients. The the typical engagement would be three or four months. And you'd go in, you'd give them you know, whatever strategy that they wanted, whether it was a market entry or a, or a growth strategy, or whether we should launch a new product or not, so on and so forth. And then that would enable Deloitte to bring in additional services, whether it was IT consulting or services, which is their business model and works very well. So yeah, that's how I landed into consulting. I stayed there for about two years. And it was one of the best gigs I've had. Then I moved on. I made the decision to get out of consulting and and I moved to Seattle, in, in fact, with Microsoft. And then, you know, the journey took its own course, Microsoft and HP and then Comvault, and then a couple of startups. And, and here we are. Good. Well, that is an exciting
0: path. And I, I noticed there is a bit of a trend in your career that the companies seem to get bigger and bigger. And then they started to get smaller and smaller. Is that right?
1: Yes. It is because after Deloitte, and even convert was well, actually mid-size compared to you know Microsoft's and HP's. It's just 3,500 people, which is barely anything compared to those large organizations. I actively thought that I have a range of skills that can be useful or what smaller companies would look for. You know, the structure, the processes, the knowledge of how to put them all together, and all the knowledge from consulting, those things are valued at smaller companies. But when I started to go to startups right after HP, they just wouldn't talk to me because it was like, you are labeled as a big corporation guy. So I thought, okay, let's do a mid midsize company and then it might be easier. And And that really worked out. I did a mid sized company for two years and then I was able to go and work with startups.
0: What was the, any motivation to leave Deloitte? Uh, what was the thinking there?
1: Oh, that's a interesting question. When I look back, it's a mixed bag. I was having a tremendous time at Deloitte because the things that I was learning and in the amount of time that I was learning those is is impossible in any other company or any other sort of industry. You could work at Microsoft versus Deloitte or McKinsey or BCG, Bain, et cetera. You will learn a lot more per day if, if you compare it that way at a consulting firm because your projects keep changing two, three months and you're on to a new project. So this is a completely new environment. Your partner is new you're learning both hard skills and soft skills, which stay with you for the rest of your career. And I'm still glad that I did those two years because I draw upon those skills and experiences very often. So if you look at the soft skills, right, You learn how to work in teams because a typical engagement, you go in, especially the strategy or the marketing engagements, you go in, you've got about seven or eight people, you're huddled in a conference room for three months and you have to work with everybody. And then that team changes when you go to a next client. Leading a stream of work that's pretty early in career as a senior consultant or a senior analyst or what have you, you get a chance to lead a stream of work and also lead a team along with that you learn client interaction you learn how to sort of negotiate with your client how to understand the client's perspective because early on in your career you're always like oh i'm king i've been to great schools i will own the world i am the next bill gates all of us think that way and then you meet your client and the bubble bursts so it teaches you humility it teaches you how to negotiate it teaches you skills of listening listening to your client understanding their perspectives and then doing work or creating work that serves your client now these are skills i mean yes you cannot you know quantify them but these soft skills really help you in potentially not just jobs in every situation in your life i mean how many times have we told listen to your wife just keep quiet just you know it's best to listen so listening skills are i mean things that you learn there and then a lot of business skills, you learn how to analyze a business, how to look at each thing from angles that most people don't look at because you have to see the impact of whatever you're suggesting onto various things inside a company, whether it's the manufacturing processes or it's finances or it's you know marketing or sales. So you have to consider every angle. So, you know, I was learning all of this. I was really happy, but there's a flip side to it, Travel.
0: Right. We all know it's
1: Monday to Friday or Monday to Thursday. Travel is a double-edged sword. When you're single, it's great. You travel. I mean, your expenses are zero pretty much. All you're doing is paying rent wherever you're living. I mean, you could get a studio apartment and, you know, you still not use it. And they don't care. I mean, you can go anywhere in America, go meet your friends on the weekends. and the, But as long as you're coming back on Monday, right, it's all great. So I really leveraged that. But after a while, I got tired of traveling. I just tried of living out of a suitcase and I was going to get married. So at that time, really what went through my mind was, do I want to be a part-time husband? And that question for me led me to move on. There's another thing and I anybody who's aspiring to be in consulting should know this. Consulting is a great place to be early on in your career. You learn so much, right? But coming from consulting into the industry, is a crossover you can only do till a certain time. After that, the industry will not take you, except for very senior roles where they're looking to, you know, like let's say I was talking to a company last week, somebody who's a chief transformation officer. Right? Now that gentleman has hardcore consulting background. He's an ex mckenzie guy, and they've brought him for his consulting skills. There are roles that are specially designed in corporations where you need to have people with consulting skills. And they'll write that in the job description. We are looking for someone you know who's been a consultant all their lives. But those are very, very, very few roles. If I had to hire someone with 10 years of experience, and i am done a lot of those hirings in marketing, I would be hesitant to bring someone who's only worked in consulting all their lives. But if I have to hire someone with two or three years of skills, I would love to bring someone who's done consulting because they have those skills, they have the experience that somebody who's done two years in, in an industry versus two years in consulting, or let's say two to five years, the person from consulting knows a lot more and can deliver really quickly. Whereas the person who's come from the industry can only do one thing because their two to five years they've spent just, let's say, doing PR or social media, right? So I, I always recommend people, if you're going into consulting, go after college, do two years, get into an MBA. And then if the same company that you or same consulting firm is sponsoring your MBA, you go back, do two more years, and then get out of the industry. Or decide to stay in consulting all your life, which is a great choice too. I mean, that all depends upon how you want your life to proceed, especially in the context of family, etc. Now these days, I know like there's a company here, Slalom Consulting. Their whole model is local projects, and they're very successful with their model. I know Deloitte does this a lot now that in case you have family needs and you're, let's say, based in Seattle, they will try their level best to get you projects in Seattle. And here it's not very difficult because, you know, you've got Microsoft, you've got Amazon, you've got, you know, so many large organizations out here. But if you're living in the middle of nowhere, that's kind of difficult. So, yeah, I mean, spend two to five years, move into the industry, or decide to stay in the subject. I think it's really helpful advice and
0: appreciate you walking us through that. There was something you mentioned there that I wanted to return to. You mentioned that you know, you've done a lot of hires and in, in marketing, and you might be hesitant to pull somebody out of consulting if they've done consulting for the past 10 years. What skill set do you think that they might be missing if they are career consultants?
1: That's a great question. So, let's look at what skill sets they're getting about 5 minutes back we talked about all of those soft skills right working in teams leading a stream of work client interaction looking at businesses from various angles right looking at strategy they bring all of those skills on the hard skill side any consultant especially on those who are on the strategy side you know strategy or marketing strategy or corporate strategy they will have great skills in building a story because their life is powerpoint Literally, you are a PowerPoint monkey all your life. I'm sorry to say that, but you live by PowerPoint and Excel. You have great Excel analysis skills or ability to build great PowerPoints, do a lot of good analysis on on an Excel. You can look at things from various angles. Now, that tells me that it's a very strong foundation of skills, soft and hard, which you can build upon and get into a career. So if I'm looking for an early career person, two five years, and I know that whether they're coming from industry or consulting, I'm going to have to put in time to sort of nurture them and get that out of them what I want or what any company wants. It takes a couple of years or, or a year at least. So these guys or consultants are great because they already bring this fertile bed of knowledge. I think you, you don't have to teach them all of this. But when you're looking at 10 years, now you need someone. It's typically a senior manager or early stage director, at that stage you're looking at someone who can come and deliver for something. Let's say if if I'm looking for a partner marketer or I'm looking for a digital marketing manager or I'm looking for a director of growth, I need someone who has done that for five years because that's not something I can teach. Now I don't have time to teach that. And that's the skill you will not get at any consulting organization. Unless they're in that part of consulting where they are doing marketing for the firm but leaving that aside as a consultant they will most likely they're not going to come with those skills they're going to come with some awesome set of skills to grow your business so if i need that kind of a talent where i need to bring someone in who can look at my organization tell me where i should put in more money or which market should i go in all of that is great and that I cannot get from any industry. I cannot pull someone from my competitor who will come and tell me, yeah, you know what, you need to go into Africa or you need to ignite Australia or, you know, some other theater. They can't do that analysis. So it's what we really need that person for. And if you need the person to come and deliver functionally, I do not think consultants fit the bill. But I'm sure there are some out there who who do, But for most parts, yeah.
0: Good. No, I think it makes a lot of sense at ECA partners I know that we go to consultants for what we call general athletes they're very good at a lot of different things but once you're looking for those very senior level people inside of a company it helps that they have a few reps overseeing large teams doing that exact function or being on a team that does that exact function good and there are teams like that in consulting you know you mentioned, Deloitte has their their marketing team there, and you might be able to find someone who's done very similar work, or maybe they've done larger projects, they've touched different parts of that. Thinking about some of the folks that might be listening to us today, some of the consultants, I would say that marketing is, is one of the smaller pieces whenever it comes to number of projects. Don't see as many of those as we might see private equity due diligence, IT implementation projects. What if you're a consultant, you've been doing different types of projects, but marketing for whatever reason seems like an interesting avenue to you and you wanted to move into industry directly into marketing. Is that a path that somebody who has two or three years of consulting,
1: generalist consulting experience could move into? Yes, but it's very critical to remember that what you just said, two or three years. You stay too long in consulting? it will be challenging to move into marketing. Because marketing, you typically look for specific skill sets for someone to come and you know deliver, especially between one and 10 years of experience, you're typically managing one stream of work, whether it's let's say PR or social media or growth marketing or partner marketing or product marketing or content marketing, field marketing, events, so on and so forth, right? You're doing just one of those. And you're not gonna get someone from consulting, if I need an events marketing manager with 10 years of experience, I'm not gonna get someone from McKinsey who could do that. So yes, first two, three years, absolutely. You know, let's say you got an MBA, you've done two years at a good consulting firm, or right after college, you've done two or three years and then gone into an MBA. Now you wanna get into the industry. Those are great models to come into marketing. The more you tend to stay there, it gets challenging, But yeah. Early on, two, three years of experience, it's really valued. You have phenomenal skills that most people don't have or non-consultants don't have. And those are, at least I value them a lot. Good. Well, that's good to hear. I wanted to talk about the next step
0: after your Deloitte days, and that was Microsoft, where you spent about six years. Is that right? Yeah. Can you walk me through Microsoft? I'd love to hear a little bit about what those projects were like and then your general career in Microsoft.
1: Yeah, that was an interesting thing. You know, when you look back and how things sort of come together, why I was even hired at Microsoft was that back in the days, there was Windows Mobile. And it was a good business until iPhone launched. So but we'll not get into that. <laughs> so Windows Mobile was something that had about 10, 12% of market share. We were competing with Palm and we were competing with BlackBerry. But we were more in enterprise. So Microsoft was looking to expand that out, to grow that business. And growing the business needed quite a few things, right? Where should we go? How do we go there? Do we invest in thousands of salespeople and thousands of marketers, or do we partner? So I had two years of experience in the mobile business back in India. And that was two years of, like, not in a very established mobile company because I joined them when in, in 2000. So 2000 to 2002, mobile really started in India. It has it started in 97 but really you know companies started learning how to do that business and growing and I was part of that sort of growth story. In fact I was one of the first people in India to launch SMS believe it or not. So those experiences plus I think the knowledge of consulting, my hiring manager Mario, he recognized that I have those sort of skill sets, I can work with partners, I can think like a consultant to help them grow, and then I have that experience of being in the mobile world. So all of those came together and they brought me in and they wanted me to grow the partnerships. So partnerships anything, I mean like a BlackBerry or a Palm or Windows Mobile has partnerships with you know all the AT&T's, the Verizon's, and all the service providers. Plus all the manufacturers, which is essentially, back in the day, HTC and HP and and Samsung and LG, Pantech and a few more. So that's what I used to do, you know, sort of bring both, when you're doing a phone launch, you would typically bring someone from Samsung and from AT&T, and we are the Windows Mobile platform guys. We bring everyone together in a room and then make a launch plan and make sure that, you know, Now, that's where all the negotiating skills and the listening skills come in handy because you've got three organizations with three completely different goals, and you're bringing them all together, and the only reason they're listening to you is that you're Microsoft. So you're bringing them all together, creating a pot of money that everyone is contributing to, and then creating one marketing plan. It's really challenging. I bombed in my first one. I still remember that device that I launched. It was a disaster for me. But I learned a lot from that disaster. And I ended up in my two, uh, three years in that role, I ended up probably launching about 13, 14 devices worldwide and quite a few successful launches. Back in the day, there used to be a blackjack from Samsung, which was all the rage. But yes, so all of those experiences from Deloitte were very helpful in that role for me. You know, just getting everyone together, listening, and also looking at the business, how can we grow this from various angles and we ended up going into the consumer market. And I was part of that whole transition of repositioning Windows Mobile to a more consumer friendly and not an only enterprise device, right? Because or it started out being only enterprise. And then I moved into a completely different role. You know, I wanted to do some product management. I don't know why, but I did. <laughs> and I ended up doing non-technical product management because I can't code. I'm not a technical guy, so I started building Support services for cloud business. It's a great experience. Very much like a consulting gig because you're now creating a non-technical service. Essentially, I bought your cloud services, I've got a problem, I'm calling you. Right? Now, how does that whole thing work? First of all, you have to buy a support service from me so that you can call me. And then when you call me, you could be anywhere in the world. So where is the call going? Which call centers in the world are active at that point in time? And who, tier one, tier two, tier three. Oh, it was amazing, complex and amazing and beautiful and soul-sucking <laughs> at some point. I'm like, okay, I'm done with this. After two and a half, three years of that, I'm like, okay, you know, I got to move on and I went to HP and that was a great role too. Dead, yeah, HP, is that where you spent the most time out of any of your roles? No, I think it is still Microsoft. HP was there for about five years, yeah. But HP was, at the time, you see, the good thing was, at Microsoft, you know, going back to the same thing, why do you get a role? When I look back, HP hired me because I knew cloud. So at Microsoft, I started doing cloud or whatever I was doing for cloud starting 2009 when most people on this planet didn't know how to spell cloud including people at microsoft and we were very very early on i mean what you see today as microsoft 365 or office 365 it used to be called bpos BPOS, business productivity online suite yeah we were not good at naming shit so sorry (laughs) so yeah i mean that early experience of cloud services and the experience of working with partners from Windows Mobile, right? HP needed someone to come in and build their partner ecosystem for their public cloud. And they had gone into public cloud competing with Microsoft, Azure, and Amazon, AWS, and a few others, Rackspace. So they needed someone to come and build a partner ecosystem and do marketing with partners. So here I was with all of those skill sets, right? I understand partner ecosystems. I understand cloud, which is very few people with that talent at that point in time. And I'm a marketer. So it just sort of came together and I ended up doing three roles there, all at the same time, which is partner marketing with the likes of all your GSIs. So your Infosys and Accenture and Intel and, Intel to some part, but the PwC, so on and so forth, the large GSIs, and then small ISV partners. So today what you see, right, in AWS, there's a whole bunch of people who've got their solutions out there, right? It's same as any, uh, like for a phone, and you've got this Apple Store, or for Android, you've got this Android Store we have got these apps. Same way in the public cloud world, there are these apps which are made by ISVs so you have to build that ecosystem of people and then you go to market with them to expand your business you help them sell more and then you sell more right so i did that for five five and a half years along with that i started developer marketing which is very unique marketing that happens because developers typically you don't market to so it's like a very subtle way of marketing very content based very engagement based and that was a great experience. And I was doing that as a parallel. like I got promoted and then I got that extra responsibility. And then I also started doing product marketing, like core product marketing, messaging and content, etc., for another product, which was very badly named. HP Helion managed private cloud based on OpenStack. Yeah, it, let's not even go there. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it, it was a great experience there. And phenomenal. I got to travel the world. I got so much experience. And one of the things that has always stayed with me, people always tell me, and I have been guilty of being a little hard on my teams. On that is skills on PowerPoint. I, I almost always tell you know anyone new who comes on my team that look, quality is non-negotiable. Right, your powerpoints or your presentation skills speak for the team. It reflects all of your colleagues, it reflects me, it reflects our organization. So you have to be very, very good. And that comes from my consulting days. I remember one of my partners, I won't give the whole name there, but he used to be so meticulous, so detailed. You could not have one comma or one dot in the wrong place on a slide. You just could not. And he would look at a slide and you couldn't even hide it. He would just know this is wrong. And as much as I hated him back then, I really, really am thankful today because I often teach that. I actually take classes sometimes. I teach how to build a PowerPoint, right? And uh, those skills stay with me till today. And building PowerPoints, building Excels that, you know, when you send to someone, they can understand. People think that Excel is like, okay, you got 20 lines and someone else will understand it. it. It doesn't work that way especially if if you are not going with that excel to tell someone what it is so all of those skills i really look back and thank my time and all the mentors and all the people who i work with at deloitte for you know giving me that and i would always recommend people to go do that for a couple of years they learn great skills
0: well good I, i think that is
1: helpful advice
0: certainly and we see a lot of the people that the skill sets that you're talking at eca whenever we're looking for executives or directors for our clients former consultants, and we recognize as well as having that attention to detail, critical thinking skills, which it sounds like you developed as well during your time at Deloitte. before we wrap up today, is there any
1: other advice that you could give uh, the consultants? The only advice I would give is take the risks that you want to take. That's it. I mean, that's an advice not just to consultants, to anybody. Take the risks in life, you know. If you don't, the ability to take risks decreases with every year that passes so because life is finite so take the risk be happy prioritize happiness and yeah as consultants they they already have these skills and once they make a decision whether to stay in consulting or to go back into the industry i know a lot of people from industry going to consulting like i also get called sometimes because consulting world does recognize if you've done 15, 20 years of work in the industry that you could come in as a consultant and help them build that practice or they can actually sell your time to a client and say, hey, we've got someone 15, 20 years, so we'll charge you $500 an hour for that. You know, that's the business model at the end of the day. So yeah, make a decision and stick with it and enjoy life. Good.
0: Well, Gaurab, thanks so much for joining us on Beyond Consulting.
1: Thank you pleasure to have you. Thank you for having me. I really enjoyed it.